Hello, and welcome to episode 146 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And we missed you last week, Pete, or last episode. I say last week. We've been recording like a bazillion a week right now. I don't think you missed me on the last episode. Were you not on the last? I thought you were not on the last one. Was it the one before you you missed? I think so. I'm so confused. I'm sure our listeners are listening to this out of order anyway, so it really is a moot point. Okay, you're not that forgettable. (laughs) (laughs) He's very forgettable. Uh, And joining us is the unforgettable Phil Fariska. Welcome back, all you honorary fueligans. And the certainly, definitely, never number two and never forgettable Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho! So guys, I'm excited about today's episode. Me too. <laughs> Why are you excited, Stuart? I'm excited because this is one big fat stat of the week episode. It's stats of the week. Every Everything in this episode is statistics and data and what you can do with that information. So that, that excites me. That should excite you too, Melissa, because you're a data nerd. It does. Of course it does. Awesome. So what we did, ladies and gentlemen, in case you don't know what we're talking about, Fuel tends to do a lot of studies, and, and typically because a lot of our clients rely on leisure travel uh, more than most other types of travel, we, we, we've, over the years, have created a database, um, significantly large database of leisure travel consumers who've opted in to respond to surveys, and so we, we've from time to time, we'll poll those people. And we did that and uh, did a consumer sentiment study about this COVID-19 stuff that's going on. And so today, we're going to share with you the results from that study. And this is something we're going to be doing multiple times throughout uh, the, the next several months. In probably every two weeks, we're going to field a similar study and see how sentiment changes as we get closer to recovery. And hopefully, this will give us an indication that we'll be able to share with you when we think recovery is really beginning to to take shape. And I don't know about you guys, but I really feel like this week, as we record this, what is this, April 10th, I feel like this is kind of that that pivotal turning point for at least North America. I feel like the narrative is changing on the media. I feel like people that I'm talking to, that the, the initial shock and horror has slowed down a little bit and people are starting to change their outlook and, and look forward versus focusing on how do I survive right now. So that that's a good positive sign. But we also have some other good positive signs in this week's News of Ruse. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for News of Ruse. Hey, it's meant to be the good news, News of Ruse. You're meant to do the other jingle. Yeah, I was going to do that, but we already have good news in the stats. It's technically it's Good Friday right now, so there's uh, enough there's good enough going good around. Let's do a regular one, yeah. Okay, we, we, we shall allow it. Even though the jingle was normal, the news is still good, and this comes to us from Dr. Fauci, and it's really across the the web because he just made the announcement today. But in his press conference today, he did say that he was cautiously optimistic that summer travel would resume on a more normal pace. So that's kind of a little bit of a breath of fresh air for 
everyone really in the accommodation space who's just struggling, as well as the potential hotel guests who are sick and tired of being quarantined. Yeah, so must be true, right? If it comes from from the top, because every, yeah, everything coming from the, the government right now is hundred percent accurate. Yeah, that is good. It is optimism. Like I said, I feel like the the news, the media in general right now is really beginning to change their tone, and it is beginning to be a little more optimistic uh, and positive. So I'm hoping that has an impact because you know one of the battles we're really going to face here coming out of this is the psychological battle of when people feel like they're ready to travel, when they they've eliminated some of their fear and their doubt and their uncertainty. So I think the more that, that this kind of source is generating positive sentiment, I think that the better our chances are of a faster recovery. And it's not going to be an overnight thing, but I think the, the more we can instill confidence in consumers, the better. So yeah, good news, Aru. So hey guys, we haven't done this in a while. You want to do a stat of the week? Amazing. That's the first time we've recorded the stat of the week jingle remotely. So went went off flawlessly. Very excited about this. <laughs> so so the stat of the week, and this is this is kind of a crazy one. So we were talking a, a minute ago about the survey that we sent out in Fuel over the years has collected these consumer databases. It hasn't really grown a ton, I'd say, since certainly since the last time we we polled people there. Typically, we'll we'll poll them by sending out an email and saying, "Hey, participate in this survey, whatever it is." And in a lot of times in the past, we'll incentivize that and say, "If you if you submit an entry, uh, give us your feedback, then you are entered to win something. It could be like a two hundred dollar gift card or, or something like that." So, typically, when we've surveyed this this database in the past, we would get maybe 2,000, 3,000 entries over the course of, you know, six to seven days typically is how long it takes to collect all the data. Well, in this case, we, we did it last Thursday as we record this, um, so a little over a week ago, and we got over 10,000 responses within 24 hours of sending this That's out. Crazy. So I know. It was like four People or five really times bored. what we used. Well... Yeah, I think so. I think they're I think they're really bored, but I also think they're very um, sensitive to this situation that's going on because it's impacting everyone. So they wanted to to weigh in as well. So we have this massive sample size of data, ten thousand five hundred and something people uh, responded in the first twenty four hours. Like I said, and so that tells me there's an opportunity for hotels. You know, before we jump into ad data. Uh, there's an opportunity for hotels to, to leverage this knowledge to their own database right now and to send out a survey. And you can build a survey really easily using, say, Google surveys or Survey Gizmo. Or there's, there's a ton of software out there that does it really cheaply. And I think you can send out to thousands of people with Google surveys for under 100 bucks. It's, it's super cheap. So if not free, if you're small enough. So think about what you'd like to know from your guest right now about how they're feeling. And we'll talk about some of the questions we asked and that might give you some inspiration, but I would encourage everyone because what the data we're collecting is from North American travelers, but it's generic. You know, we don't know necessarily what region they're going to or what properties they're staying at, but guess what? You've got a database of potentially thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that know about your brand, want to be top of, you want to be top of mind to them and you can learn things from them that will help you better prepare for recovery. 
like understanding what their fears are, what their motivators are, what they're thinking in terms of, in terms of timing. And we'll get into that. But I want you, as you're listening to this episode, to really think about how can, how can I do something similar to my database? And, uh, you know, if you need help setting something like that up, we'd be happy to, to chip in and, and help you as well. So you can always email us info at fueltravel.com and we can help you figure out how to do it to your database and what kind of questions you, you might want to ask. So, yeah, stat of the week is we got, you know, four or five times the normal number of respondents to a survey and we did no incentive for that. We was just literally saying we'd like to hear your opinions related to COVID-19 and travel. That was the call to action. And we got a ton of people responding. So that is your stat of the week. Brought to you by Fuel. The podcast guys. I don't know. We need a better <laughs> tagline. All right. So, Melissa, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. You know how I always nag you? about something when it comes to show notes like there's a bugaboo that i have that i always get mad and say no we've got to do something with these show notes before they're ready for the show yeah they have to be numbered they do have to be numbered and i'm guilty of the cardinal sin of not numbering this list because it was questions and um I, i messed around with the order that they were presented in this blog post so there's no numbers tonight today so i apologize I know. I'm a hypocrite. I feel like a well, parent what, that says, since, do what I say, not what I do. That kind of thing. Since Phil and Melissa and I are going to read these, we're going to number them in whatever order we feel like numbering each individual one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm game. That, that's that's mm-hmm. adequate punishment to me, for sure. So so what we've done is we created this blog post on a website, fueltravel.com slash blog. Uh, we'll also link to that in the show notes at uh, fueltravel.com slash podcast, and you click on episode 146, we'll link to the, the article. But it's basically a consumer sentiment study, like we said, that went out to over 10,000 leisure travel consumers. So we're going to read to you some of the, the data points that we collect, some of the questions we asked, the data we collected, and then give you not just some insights, but also some tangible advice on what you can do, as a, you know, what the opportunity is coming out of that. So you want to kick off with number what? What number is this? This is number six. Six. Okay. So one of the things that we asked the consumers or the travelers were, what is the first word you think of? when considering traveling right now. And of all the words that came up, one, there was very few positive words. I think the only one that was somewhat positive was hopeful, which is great. But everything else was some level of negativity. The most popular one by far was safety and the guest concern for their safety and traveling and everything else. So guests right now are still very weary of making that, those trips. You know what my favorite one is, though? It's just, nope. <laughs> that would be my response. Just, nope. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was a lot there, like stay, stay at home, fear, fearful, safe, safety. It, it was all, you can tell what is on people's mind. They do not want to travel right now unless they really, really have to. But you know, it's, it's interesting because people do not want to travel, but they are eager to engage with travel providers and hotels. The response to the survey is a perfect example of that is right now is not the time to travel, but man, people are eager to get back into that mode. 
Yeah, and we talked about this on the show before, but I, I think people forget that travel isn't just about the stay itself. Right? There's an entire journey in, in the most important part of that travel journey is the anticipation. Like that's when people get the most excited. That's when studies suggest that they're at their um, happiest is right before the stay. So they're, they're planning, they're dreaming, they're aspiring. And then on the other side of the stay, there's there's also the the reminiscing and the sharing and, and that uh, and starting to think about next time. So we've only lost the one central piece of this, which is the actual stay. But the other parts of the journey still are very much in play. In because people have are all locked up at, at home, they're looking for things to dream about. They're looking for things to aspire to, to look forward to. So tapping into that is a massive opportunity right now that I don't think a lot of people are really taking full advantage of. Yeah, and we've we've said that before in, in previous podcasts and, and blog articles. It's you know, and a lot of that comes from your messaging, just approaching your guest with the sincerity and empathy, making them feel safe. Because we said safety was the you know number one thing people are considering. You know, when, when they're when they're aspiring for that trip, say you know, still aspire for that trip. You know, here's what we're doing. We're 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 trying to make you feel safe. You know, we are going to make you feel safe when you when you come visit us. Exactly. Now, this this one question, I wish we'd asked another question or we had a benchmark for this because I would love to know what people thought, you know, what was the one word they associated with travel prior to this. So I think we're going to try to, when we field this study again in another week, we're going to try to ask that question and see just to juxtapose the current situation with what it was before and then also look into the future, you know, what what one word that best describes when you will travel again or something like that. You know, we may want to just make that a standard question on every survey. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it definitely tap, taps into the psyche at the time, right? What people are really feeling. So, hmm. All right. So who's got the next one? I don't know what number it is. I do. It's what number num- eight. Okay, of course. Have you had a trip affected by the coronavirus outbreak? And 45% actually said, yes, I've canceled a trip. And 11 said, yes, I've rescheduled a trip. So more than 50% basically have had a trip affected by this outbreak. That's a lot. That's a lot going on right there. I'm one of those. I had to cancel a trip. I'm super bummed about it. But I do plan on rescheduling whenever the date for the show I was going to see is you know, rescheduled. I was Letter bummed. Kenny got canceled, didn't it? It did. I was super bummed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same here. I had three I had three trips. I was supposed to go to Washington twice with family, and then I was supposed to go to Orlando with one of our kids, and all three of them got canceled, so. Yikes. That's more than 50% of us. That's a whole pie chart right there. Well, I, yeah, and I didn't already have it planned, but I was, I mean, I hadn't booked it, but I was looking at going, I was always doing research and going back home to England for the summer for a couple of weeks to see the folks, but that's certainly not in the cards right now. Meh. Meh. <laughs> so what's the opportunity here? What, well, you tell us. Oh, well, the opportunity is that we need to be proactive to these guests. So you know that they've canceled. You have that data. You know who's canceled. You need to be reaching out to them, 
whether it be by email. We've also talked about actually picking up the phone and calling them because then you can have a one-to-one conversation with your voice to try and get them to rebook. Because as we're going to show later, people still do want to travel. It's not like they don't want to. They just can't at the moment. Yeah, and we had Kelly Simmons on an episode a few episodes ago, and she was talking about how they're doing that at Vacation on the Beach, where they're doing proactive outbound calls to, to folks, not just the ones that already canceled, but but people that they were anticipating cancel, canceling. Because we had this big rush of cancellations for, for close by when shutdown began, right? So if you had a vacation booked in March or April, you probably already canceled it. But what if you've got one in you know middle to late May or early June and you're not sure? You might be teetering. And so rather than waiting for them to make the decision, how about you pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, your reservation is safe right now. We're going to allow you to cancel or move it up to 24 hours before or whatever your policy is. But maybe even proactively try to get them to move it a little bit later as you get close and say, hey, we'll, even, we'll even match something. We'll give you an incentive to not cancel. To If you move it to you know, July or August, we'll pay 50% of your deposit or something like that that's just eliminating some of that fear, some of that doubt, but keeping them as a guest on your books. Because if they cancel, they're going back to square one and they may reconsider where they're going to stay. And now you're opening them up to your competition, which is never a good thing. You know, I would even build on this. Stuart, you made the point that you were planning on going to England, but you didn't book it. Correct. I know I was planning on doing a DC trip. I never booked anything though. And we're not in the minority there, right? There's been so many people because this has taken so long, had trips planned, but never actually pulled the trigger on the booking. So while you're reaching out to the guest who canceled, consider looking at the people who stayed at your property last year and then proactively reach out to them via email, via a call, whatever it might be, because there are a lot of people in your guest history who would love to have visited, but never took, never had the opportunity, right? Don't give them the chance to choose another property or another destination. Reach out to them and see if you can work some kind of you know, incentive for that guest to go ahead and make that future reservation and try to get some new bookings out of this as well. Agreed. There are bookings coming in for the folks that are being proactive, that are still marketing, that are, you know, working their database. People are still willing to book if it's far enough out. And as we'll see in a minute, if you eliminate some of their their questions as well. So, Phil, you want to jump in? What number are you doing? Number one, 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 one. All right. So which of the following would most likely persuade you to book a future vacation during the coronavirus outbreak? Oh, we allowed good them segue. To check all that apply. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the segue, guys. Um, and the number one response was the flexibility to change my dates without penalty. I think that was that was huge. Um, also, thirty percent of respondents said nothing could persuade them to book now. Um, but you know, I think that I think that we have to look at the positive here, and that is people will book a vacation if you give them that flexibility like you guys just talked about yeah and so reassurance is important right so so you saw that number one like you said was that they're they're not at risk of losing so if you have a flexible cancellation we also saw coming in at number two was the the discounts and so some kind of incentive i'd I'd argue you probably want to do added value versus the discounts 
But right neck and neck with the people that said, so it was about 30% said, I could not be persuaded right now. An equal number of people said if you reassured them that you were doing extra sanitation, that they would consider it as well. So there are other, there are multiple um, fears at play here. So you've got to try to anticipate what those fears are and try to address them all. So what we're saying here is, you know, and this isn't a cumulative because they could check all that apply, but 50% of people said if you give them flexible rates, and 30% of them said if you if you reassured that you were doing extra sanitization, then that's, that's a good chunk of people would book right now if you made it easy for them and didn't put any risk on them. And one thing that I'm seeing on this data is as hoteliers, we're used to having to deal with and overcome objections for people to stay at our property. Someone's concerned about the location. Someone might be concerned about the the quality of the rooms, whatever it might be. These are the same objections or it's the same process. It's just the objection is going to be a little bit different. Now they're worried about existential concerns about traveling in general. So just like we do when we want to convince someone that we have the ideal location, you want to make sure that you have an ideal solution for the guest to book now. And like you said, if it's no penalty cancellations, if it's discounts, whatever it might be, try to find out what those customers' problems are or concerns and just address them one-on-one. And the good thing with this survey is that it lists out the most important ones right here. Well, what I was going to say on this was, um, Stuart, you mentioned that you would rather do uh, an added value rather than a discounted stay. Uh, But I think you can get real creative with that added value and make it feel like a discount. Um, if you're offering whatever whatever it is that's unique to your property, maybe free or discounted that way, um, mm-hmm. something that doesn't cost you much money, it's not necessarily a discount on the room rate, but um, the, the the purchaser feels like they're getting a discount. Yeah, and especially right now because we know, and we'll see this in a little while, they're feeling the financial pressure. A lot of people, you know, their income has been interrupted. Uh, they may not have the the means to spend as much so if you can eliminate some of that not by dropping your rate because that that creates longer term problems in in a you know a a competition that's zero sum in your destination but maybe you could give them a a visa gift card towards gas money maybe you could because we know that drive markets are going to come back before um, flight markets maybe you could offer them a food and beverage credit to make it cheaper when they do come to stay with you their overall budget can can be a little lower because you're helping them pay for other pieces of the, the vacation without having to discount the room. I, I think the only thing you need to offer is unlimited toilet paper and you'll have 100% occupancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, Pete, yeah. what number we got? All right, number green, green, green. <laughs> uh, during the outbreak, I would like to hear from hotels on the following topics. So we asked people to check all the apply. And in looking at the data, the number one item with about 65% is packages and specials for future stays, followed by what the property is doing to protect guests right behind that. So people are really interested. I think they're they're aspirational. They want to travel and they want to plan travel, even if they're not booking right now. Yeah, and I really thought number three and four were interesting here too because number three was what how COVID's affecting the local area and then number four was what the property is doing uh, to protect the staff. So that really shows the kind of human aspect of guests caring about the property and, and really caring about what's going on as well. 
I think the most important thing is that only 25% said that they didn't want to hear from hotels at all, meaning that the overwhelming majority are like, hey, send me some stuff. I'm curious about what's going on in the area. I want to hear from you, which I thought, honestly, I was surprised by that. Yeah, those those 25% are a bunch of grumpy curmudgeons. So we're <laughs> going to focus on the 75% that do want to hear from us because they're dreaming. Like we said, they're, they're, you know, they're dreaming. They're looking for inspiration. They're looking forward. They want to... They want to consider the day when we're not on lockdown, when they can travel again. So you can really tap into that. Yep. And honestly, what you could do is go check out the study. Look at this table that shows what people are looking for and literally use that as the topics for your next email. It's listed out there for you and ready to go. Or like Stuart mentioned at the beginning, when you pull your guests, you might get slightly different responses. Use that as as your data to to use when you create your marketing messages. Yeah, that would be great question to ask your database, right? What do you want to hear from us right now? And and just give them options, and you you might be surprised. Everyone's going to be slightly different. You know, if you're a health and wellness type of property, people might want to hear nutritional advice or exercise regimes that work at home, spiritual, you know, meditation things like that. And if you do that, you can respond uniquely to each of those people um, that answered a certain way. You can send them a certain message back. Yeah. We saw one of our clients did a really good job, a beach destination client, and they sent out a virtual vacation message. And it was, here's your packing list. And you had to go collect your sunglasses and your your beach chair and um, put on your bathing suit. Uh, But then they'd recorded a 20-minute video of the ocean. And said, put this on your big HD TV screen and sit there and pretend you're at the beach. And then they followed it up the next week with another email that said, and here's the drink that you can create, for, which is fun on the, the beach. Oh, and by the way, we're going to run a contest where you can share your favorite beach vacation memories and enter for a chance to win a future vacation. So they're kind of giving, 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 and then they're asking, and people would going crazy trying to enter that competition, submitting their photos. So not only did the property endear themselves in, in you know, stay top of mind with those people, but they're also cre- collecting a lot of guest data and a lot of cool photo assets as well. And, and they're generating aspiration by asking them mm-hmm. to remember their best vacation. Because once yeah. you start you know, remembering that, you're like, oh, man, I could go back. Exactly. Yeah, really good. I saw a uh, great email today from a property that um, also has been sending out some pretty good ones recently, but today it included a virtual scavenger hunt. So you had to take, you know, off your camera roll, a bunch of stuff and submit it to them. And then they also provided zoom backgrounds for you to download because everybody's zooming now. So why not have a background from your property? How cool is that? I thought it was brilliant. That's really cool. We're totally stealing that idea at Fuel. So we created two Fuel ones today. I don't know if Brittany sent it out to the team yet, but for for our next virtual happy hour, we're going to have the Fuel ones. But I I think we're going to create some hospitality-specific ones too, so just some fun for hoteliers, some in-jokes. You know, Uh, We're going to create some of those and make them available on our website. We're borrowing that idea. I don't know. We're totally stealing it. It's okay. It's public, (laughs) public domain. Yeah. So stay tuned. So, so you, you fueligans out there, you can have your own custom hotel-specific uh, backgrounds for your Zoom, next Zoom meeting. I've already downloaded mine. Yeah? 
Aren't you? Is there, a, is there a punchline to that? Or you just no, no, no. I was just ex- excited <laughs> that it looks. It's gonna look like it, I'm all fancy. Okay. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the one of Pete with a mustache and looks like he's sitting right next to you. Yeah. No, no. That's that's gonna be the one that's actually speaking. You know, behind in front of the background. <laughs> All right, who's got the next one? And what number I do, it? and it's eight, I see a pattern in yours, Melissa. If you have stayed at a specific property before and you knew that it was struggling financially, would you be willing to do the following to help? I love this question because over 90% of respondents said that they would book a future stay as long as they could change the dates or cancel without penalty. So this is just reiterating what we said before, but here people are willing to step out on the line for you if you said, hey, we're struggling, come book with us at you know, no risk. And people will, 90% said that they would. It's awesome. Yeah, sometimes you just have to ask. You know, and it's not just going out with a typical book now deal. It's it's being honest and authentic and, and connecting on a human level with with your guests and telling them what's really going on. They appreciate that and they'll they'll return, you know, value to you in the form of bookings if you ask them to the right way without being opportunistic. So, so Stuart, and I don't know if you had this data in front of you, but how many of the respondents answered this question? I do not have that in front of me. Um, but I can, I can look it up. I was just kind of, kind of curious cause that is fantastic if we have, you know, that type of engagement where, yeah, I think everybody wants to help the local businesses and, and people that they have relationships with. And, mm-hmm. you know, if people are looking to book vacations far out into the future, make sure that you have rates for 2021, make sure that you're doing everything mm-hmm. you can to make that easy for your guests. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that none of these questions were required, so people could skip it, but that question did have an, an, an A or, or an option to say none of the above. So that goes to show you even more so that people are willing to spend the money to help you if, if they care about your property. So would would uh, would you recommend going back through your reviews from, say, a year prior maybe and seeing who left you positive reviews and and reaching out to them now if you hadn't already? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could do it on an individual basis, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, hopefully you've got some of that data back into your database, but anyone that's maybe stayed with you more than once, I, I would ask them. I, I think there's an opportunity to go wider than just the people that left the positive review. And listen, everybody wants to talk to other humans right now. So uh, just looking at the number of people who responded to this survey and you know, anytime I see a neighbor, I'm willing to go talk to him just because I want to have engagement with other humans out there. So, yeah, call your guest history. See what they're up to. Even if it's not a hard sale, it's just, hey, checking in. How are you doing? I know you didn't book your stay yet, but we're here. Yeah, and here's what we're doing. Yeah. So also of interest on this one, it was, you know, there was they weren't massive numbers, but it was certainly over 10% for people that said they would also be willing to prepay for a stay. Um, and then a similar number for people that said they'd be willing to buy a gift card. So again, low numbers of people, certainly not the majority, uh, but some people would be willing to step up even more. And there was a small percentage, just a few percent of people said they'd even be willing to donate to a hotel if they knew it was struggling. So depending on your situation, depending on how tight you are with your guests, there are opportunities beyond just the, the reservation as well. All right, Phil. Step up right. to the plate, sir. 
Number 96. Six, 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 six. Six. <laughs> wow, we've Do got a lot to... on this list. 96 already. <laughs> Do you intend to take a vacation in 2020 or 2021? This is one of my favorite stats, and I proposed this to be the stat of the week, but uh, we felt that the number of respondents to the survey took precedent there. But do you intend to take a vacation in 2020 or 2021? 59% of people said yes. They still plan on vacationing in 2020. And 14% said yes in 2021. 24% were undecided. But um, that was that was a really positive stat in my so mind. So add those it, up, no, and what are we left with? So the number of people that said no was what? Three. Three percent of people 3%. said they're not going to vacation in 2020 or 2021. So 97 percent of people are probably or, or are likely going to vacation. So that's that's a really good stat for our industry. Yeah, out of out of 10,000 people, 59 percent. So 5,900 out of 10,000 said, "Yeah, I'm still going to travel this year." So all of that uh, all that marketing effort could pay off. So don't give up on it. Yep. Can I share my own stat on the fly right now? Sure. What uh, number some, is this? Uh, eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been uh, here at Fuel. I've been uh, really looking very closely at our in-market data because we have so many clients in the Myrtle Beach area, and I've been really taking a very close watch on that and sharing that with our clients. And even though the the volume of bookings is down, just looking at when people are booking for September, September is overwhelmingly the most popular time to book in Myrtle Beach right now. How about that yeah. for a stat? Yeah, and I think you know there's multiple things at, at play there, but that gives you a sense of what people are thinking. This it's going to be over by then, right? That there's a confidence level. Right, and we might see that shift, and I hope we do see that shift into July, you know, um, into August at some point. But we'll, we'll see. I think it's it's a good sign though that people want to travel; they're willing to commit to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to shift. I think that's that's definitely a good point, Stuart. We hope it's sooner than that, but um, if if it's not, and, and you're seeing similar stats, what Melissa pointed out, I think. That just speaks to how flexible you need to be with your rate strategy and, and realizing that this is not your typical year. Um, understand you know, when people are going to be traveling, traveling to see you, when have the big events been postponed to, and, and thinking about how you're going to adjust your rates accordingly. Yeah, I think that's an important one because that shift in demand, for Myrtle Beach in particular, I know the, the golf business in the fall is already up 20-plus percent from where it would be typically we have a big country music fest that got pushed back to the fall so your demand centers are not always going to be where they were a year ago so i feel your points dead on where you want to make sure that you're not just doing a set it forget it rate management strategy yeah you need a completely new playbook and, and the only way you're going to be able to be successful with that is to really pay attention to your data and, and to get connected to others in your market and see who else has data that they can share and you can collaborate with and if you haven't already, go back and listen to Melissa's episode on analytics and things you need to be doing now you know, related to annotations and things like that. Because there is there is no normal in terms of seasonality right now. It just doesn't exist. So we're, we're having to kind of make it up as we go along based on real-time information that we're gathering. 
All right. Number 3.14444. Nice. And it's a pie chart. Didn't yes. think well done. Well done, sir. And this is one of my favorite stats, too. This is a great one. Have you already booked a future stay? 70% said no. 30% said yes. But 70% who are planning on booking and making a travel decision have not done so already. So the field's wide open. And if you're talking to your potential guest, if you're working on recouping your cancellations, you have a lot of opportunity to get those canceled bookings back, but then also get those people who haven't even booked yet. But here's the thing, right? You've got to start working on that now because when the faucets start to open, when demand really starts to pick up, the people that are going to be out of the gate fastest are going to get the biggest line share of the market. So who is that going to be? Well, I know it's definitely going to be the OTAs. So if you let them get out in front of you, they're, they're, they're hoarding money right now. They're collecting it so that when they can come out, they can come out really aggressive. But think about this. We talked about uh, a news a few episodes ago was Google is going to be giving credit to folks who've been spending money on Google platforms over the last year, right? Who's probably spent more money than anyone else on Google over the last year? And how big are their credits going to be? So the OTA is going to have these massive war chests that they're going to be deploying really, really aggressively out the gate to try to get the demand as soon as it's there. So you, that's why you've really got to be scrappy and work on your database right now, trying to get as many people on the books as you can and starting to ramp up your, your advertising now, just like you would before a property opened, if you were a new property, you've got to start really early trying to create demand and then do your best job capturing the demand that you can generate as well. And, and the best way to do that is to not have a sucky booking engine. So, right, Melissa? That's right. Yeah. Don't have a sucky booking engine. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to number when do you intend to book your future vacation and when do you intend to travel for your future vacation and the answer to both of these things overwhelmingly was after the coronavirus threat has passed the people are just waiting for the coast is clear thumbs up you can go now and then they're ready to go that's good news I think. Yeah, for sure. And and obviously what was what was one of the things that was interesting here is, you know, book and travel, there's obviously different phases, but the the stat was higher obviously for people that aren't willing to travel until after it's over. But peop there was more people willing to book. Like there was a five, six percent shift between those numbers. So people are beginning to think about booking, even if they're not quite ready or not sure when when they're going to um, actually travel. The second highest number on this chart was undecided on both these charts. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to move on to the next one? Sure. All right. So, as a result of the whoa, coronavirus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You need a number. Take a number. number. No, Stuart didn't put a number. Ooh. <laughs> oh. That's quite a swipe. Sorcerer and Milk at Table 2. Number number zero zero zero. As a result of the coronavirus situation, which one of the following best describes you? Uh, 
we are looking at my budget has not changed from my next vacation. My budget is less for my next vacation or my budget is more for my next vacation. Overwhelming, not overwhelming, but majority, 60% said their budget has not changed for their next vacation. Thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, 38% said it's less and 2% said it's more. But 60% of people don't have really any change in budget. We also said 59% of people are still willing to travel this year. So when we anticipate, you know, along with the last stat we just talked about, once this situation has passed, the large chunk of these people are still willing to travel. Yeah, I want to know who those 2% are. They must be making hand sanitizer or something. Yeah, they're the toilet <laughs> It's the guys from Charmin. Well, you know, I mean, think about it, though. If, if the uh, stimulus money comes through, if people who are even on furlough are getting the the money from the paycheck protection program and people have not have this built up need to travel. There are a group of people out there that, you know, may have a few bucks extra to throw toward a vacation. Um, It might be, and they might be counting on the fact that that little bit of extra money can go a lot further because they're going to be able to, you know, a lot of people are going to be giving away a lot more value and maybe Mm -hmm. dropping rates and things like that. But yeah. I think the big focus here should be on, you know, majority of people spend, tend to spend the same, but there is a, also a chunk and an opportunity here related to the folks that are going to be spending less. And after every kind of recession and downturn we've ever seen, it always, people tend to trickle down in terms of chain scale a little bit, right? So we're going to see, and we get seeing it now in China, if you look at who's recovering first, it's economy and mid scales are recovering right. and luxury is lagging way behind. So we would expect to see that in, in North America. So folks that maybe used to or would, would would have planned a luxury vacation might drop down to upper or upper up or something like that. But the folks that were maybe mid-scale are going to drop down to economy. So there's an opportunity there for you to think a little differently about who your audience is. Just like we were talking about your seasonality is going to change, your audience is likely going to change as well. So who who is that person that was just a little above you before you know you were this below their normal price point who are those people that might be coming down to your to where you are and where do you go find them uh so and, and take them away from your competition so that's the opportunity and, i think and, and i think there's also one other thing to keep in mind here as well is you know, like you said obviously 60 percent are spending more 38 percent are spending less but they're still traveling the other thing that this doesn't necessarily take into account is how they're shifting what they're doing on vacation. So in 2019, there was an estimated 30 million people who went on a cruise for their vacation. What are those people doing in 2020? Because I don't see the cruise industry coming back as much as, say, the you know destination vacation business coming back so people are going to be shifting and from a hotelier's perspective you do have to consider that there's 30 million people some of them will go on a cruise this year but i would imagine a vast majority of those people are going to be looking for more of a vacation on land this year right and and, and you could extend that thought as well and say okay well maybe people are going to reduce their budget and not go as far they're not going to fly they're going to drive instead you know that's a good way to save money so someone that may have gone to Europe is now going to stay domestic. And so who, who are those regions of people that you can start to, to target? Because we, we've said this on the show before as well, but it, it's 
very apparent, and then I think most people would agree that your local markets, then your close drive markets, and your extended drive markets are going to come back first. But there's probably a, a further drive market that you couldn't usually reach that are going to be more willing and have an appetite to travel to you than, than they would have, especially if you're in a destination that's attractive. Because the other, the other component to this is the types of destination people are looking for may shift. Like people may be more eager to look for outdoorsy stuff, parks and beaches versus like in Orlando where it's, it's all theme parks and people are crowded together like cattle. It might take longer for somewhere like Orlando to recover than it does, say, a Myrtle Beach. So all of these kind of shifting sands are things you need to be considering when you're, when you're looking at your marketing mix. If, if you're planning on just turning back on the same ads and the same targeting that you had last year or, or even that you had a month ago, you're probably not doing it right. You really need to look at the new rules of engagement and adjust your sales to meet it. Oh. I was just going to say the very same thing, Stuart. I think with this shifting landscape, you need to be looking at your data, looking at your demographic information closely and what is recent. I think you need to be looking at your geographic data, um, You know, not necessarily last year. Uh, what has been happening in the past few weeks for you in terms of traffic? Where is it coming from? Um, your bookings, what type of income bracket, male, female, whatever – um, it's it's going to be very different than what you're used to. So adjusting your targeting accordingly is so important right now. Exactly. All right, so we're moving on to the last one. What number is this? All right, the last one, number one, 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 Trump bucks. The government is going to be sending <laughs> a check to every American to help during the coronavirus crisis. What do you intend to do with this money? All right, so most people, uh, about 47%, say they are going to be paying bills, followed by about 35% who are going to be putting it into savings, followed by around 32 had purchase essentials, such as food and household products. About 12% were going to pay off credit card debt, and only about 9% are going to actually use that money to take a vacation. So it kind of gives you an idea of where that money is going to be be focused on. And I think we can kind of expect that this is money that's going to be used to kind of get us through a, a rough time. So so this does make a little bit of sense. Yeah, and it says a lot about the financial situation for a lot of people, right? They're paying bills, they're buying essentials, uh, they're paying off debt, they're, they're doing things that they need to do to survive. And this, this kind of coupled with the first one about where their head is, you know, they're fearful, they're unsure, they're... They're worried about their safety. I, I think the people that are anecdotally saying, well, you know, people will be traveling because there's pent up demand and they'll have this stimulus money to spend on it. Well, it doesn't, the data doesn't suggest they're going to spend the stimulus money on it. The data suggests that they've got other priorities. In, in couple this with the previous question about, you know, 38% of people are going to spend less this year. This just reinforces the conversation we've been ha having, which is people are going to change behavior as a result of this at least for the next couple of years. So you need to adjust to meet them where they are. Yeah, I've also heard a few people, sorry, I've heard a few people ask, oh, should we target people to spend their stimulus checks with us? No, no. don't do that. Yeah, this isn't that like is a tax insensitive. refund. It's, it's not the same. At it's all. insensitive and people do not, do not want to spend their stimulus check on a vacation. Uh, but what we do recommend is... Like we said earlier, people are looking for specials, deals, discounts. 
So use that added value that you can provide through through whatever means necessary, um, whether it be a discount or just a, a, a free service that your hotel provides. Um, adding that value, making the perception be a discount could entice someone to come stay with you. All right. So one thing I would say is this graph is a snapshot in time of when the test this survey was administered, right? It's not necessarily set in stone. If you look at the very first question that we asked was, you know, what is your what's the first word that comes to mind when considering travel? And a lot of the words are fear, dangerous, scared, scary, uncertain, cautious, unsafe. All these words that don't aren't indicative of someone wanting to leave their comfort zone of their house. I would be interested to see what people are going to actually spend their stimulus checks on over time. So right now it's all pay bills, but over time, I think you'll see these numbers shift a little bit. Some may go to take a vacation. Some might be for luxury items. I think it'll pretty much stay the same, but it, it can change for sure. And, and what if there's a second stimulus check? You know, what if the government decides this has gone on longer than you know the initial thought was? So maybe they need to stimulate the, the economy a little bit more. So yeah, and, and I, I think these numbers are right right now. But looking at America for over the past couple hundred years, we don't pay bills and put stuff in the savings as the first choice mm-hmm. ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you wonder if that's going to change though. Like, is this a watershed moment in in the psyche of the country where people are now a little bit more thinking about the what ifs, the, the rainy day fiscally funds, responsible. You know? Yeah, I doing hope the things it is. that we've always been told we should do because everyone's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Well, this is what not fine looks like, and now that everyone's experienced it, you know, if you look back historically at folks that went through the Great Depression, the, the that generation spent a lot differently and saved a lot more than. They were a lot more frugal. They wouldn't splurge more than future generations. So does, is this going to have a lasting impact on the generations coming through right now? It, it may do. The millennials so. might be – I mean millennials are already kind of crazy and different. They might be even more different now because you know they're, what, 25 to 39 at this point. They're probably being really impacted by this more so than – well, them and G- Generation X, you know, probably the ones that are bringing up kids and – probably the most impacted at this point. So here's my prediction. You heard it here first. So my grandmother was from the Depression era, and she stockpiled like restaurant packets of sugar and ketchup Mm -hmm. and things like that. That's what you found in the drawers in my grandmother's house. Our generation, they're going to stockpile toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I already stockpiled Taco Bell packets, so... (laughs) When well, our grandkids okay. come to our house, we're going to have so much toilet paper. They'll be like, do you do you poop a lot, Nan? Like, why, why do you have so much toilet paper? That's what they're going to ask you. The no, we're all waiting for the zombie apocalypse. Everyone, right. I, I noticed that uh, the show Preppers was ranking very high on Netflix, and that weirded me out a bit. <laughs> oh. So people are either going to start hoarding and preparing for doomsday prep, or they're going to start having um, tigers kept in their backyard, because that's what they're watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want both. <laughs> your tiger can guard your doomsday horde. There you go. No, 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 no. Watch what happens when you get in the tiger cage. <laughs> nice. All right, so I think we've gone through these stats. They're uh, 
Obviously, all a eight lot of them. Of... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So uh, hopefully there's some good insight. Like I said, we're going to be fielding a similar survey and adding some questions to, to it and doing this every couple of weeks. So stay tuned for more more data and more insights. And we're going to be following up. We're shifting gears from our content strategy a little bit. We've been focused on what you need to do right now. And we'll still do some of that. But we're also beginning to look at the forward, uh, the landscape ahead and how you can start preparing for recovery as well. So Start looking for more content from us either on our blog, fueltravel.com slash blog, or on our podcast, fueltravel.com slash podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time to this show, then you know, please subscribe. And if you have listened to this before, then either share it with a friend or leave a review. And Pete will read that out in whatever style you choose, just like he did, Ita- uh, no, not Italian, Irish. I would imagine you can do Italian pretty well, Pete, being yeah, I that's can. your heritage. I, I, I said falsi or falci properly. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you said what properly? That didn't falci. sound wrong. Okay. Is that is that how your people say it? Yeah, that's how Anthony Falci's name is said. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, Pete. If they want to find out a little bit more about you and your pronunciation of italian words where can they do that hey they should do that on twitter because if they go to p dimeo p d-i-m-a-i-o you'll mm-hmm. find me there and phil um you can find me on twitter at p Fariska, p-f-o-r-i-s-k-a and melissa if they want to give you kudos for your rap from last episode which <laughs> I, I mean i'm sure your career has taken off at this point already i'm surprised you even have time to be on the show anymore but where can they find you Hey, I make time for the important people in my life, uh, and I can make time for our listeners too at Twitter at M A Kavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. Amazing. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, episode 145, go listen to that and listen to the very end, and you will hear one of the best raps uh, I've ever heard. I mean, if it doesn't win a Grammy, uh, then there's something very rigged in the system. Rivals, rap. Biggie Smalls, and Tupac. Yeah, I think Kanye West is even saying that you're more of a genius than him at this point. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My life is truly complete now. Exactly. So get the show notes to this show with a link to the actual charts and the uh, information, the data from the study. You can go to fueltravel.com slash podcast and click on episode 146. And if you want to reach out to us, let us know what's going on. If you need some help. We're here for you. If you want to join our campfire chats, we've had a few people saying that they're interested in that. We're trying to figure out the logistics because some folks are in Europe, some are in West Coast America. So we're trying to figure out what times would work and what format that's going to take. But we're still planning on doing that here in the next little while. So if you're interested in the campfire chats, just email us info at fueltravel.com. Or if you have any questions at all, that's the email to reach us. And until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Now you sound empty and far away. That's how I feel.